Welcome to the Today Dreamer podcast. I'm so appreciative to have you here with us. The podcast and YouTube channel is here to help you cultivate your practice of presence so that you may more fully be able to contribute and participate in the blossoming of the emergent world story in your own unique way. Today's guest is Renee McCready, who is a shamanic healer, plant wisdom teacher, plant-based chef, earth doula, wild crafter, and an earth wisdom holder and educator. I'm really excited to share this conversational space with you because there's just this feeling of excitement that's rushing through my being after having yeah, been in this space for the last few hours. This is part one of a two-part series and there's an encouragement to engage in both parts if you're feeling like you're getting something out of the show. Before we do move into things with Renee, I'd like to invite you to take a moment to pause with us. You may like to close down the eyes, come into a deeper state of stillness or focus in on a point in the distance as we do this. And in your own way and in your own time, there's an open invitation to take a really slow and gradual inhalation in through the nose. And whenever it is that you may reach the peak of this mountain, feel free to just pause for a moment, noticing the subtleties of your experience. And when it feels right, exhale just as gracefully as you release. You might like to do this one more time as we gracefully move into this conversational space with Renee. So I was thinking maybe, I don't know, we'll feel into this together because it is, I guess the space is kind of being birthed together. And I'm, I'm wondering around, actually, I've got a curiosity around the rebirth that you, that you're currently in the process of, I'm assuming. Uh, and yes. yeah. And I wanted to know, uh yeah what that where you are with that and how that feels and what the texture of that is and maybe it, i'm curious around why now and um how what was the catalyst to that to that process such a good question and a big opening question mm. so yeah. for me at the moment it's 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 a big loaded kind of topic because it's really about sitting in the space of the void for me at the moment although I'm starting to get some inklings of where I'm going with it um a lot of the 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 reason that it kind of this sort of rebirth is is happening for me as I turned 50 uh at the beginning of this year and it felt like a really monumentous time you know I've been walking this earth earth for like you know half a, a century now you know from my first breath and I often look at those cyclic loops in life and I work a lot in that space of the cycles and the seasons and that seems like such a monumentous you know uh, moment in time that I'd been sort of work, walking this the earth mother for that long and the accumulation of maybe wisdom that I'd gained through that through lived experience but also just through 
you know, study and, um, um, and teaching and all the different things that I do and how that sort of comes together in just a big cauldron of, of, of knowledge and wisdom and how I could bring that out in a new and a different way. And so there was definitely something about stepping over the threshold of 50 for me that pulled me into this void space of recreation and going into this crystallis and wanting to bring my work and kind of um, actually there's a concept in herbalism that we call spagyrics. Have you heard of that, Michael? No, you know? never. So it's now chemical principle and it's an old way of making medicine. And what we do is we take the plant material and once it's been through its cycle, through a tincture in the alcohol, we take the plant material and through a process of um, using the elements of fire and earth and water and air, we take the plant material back down to its crystal salt. And then we place the salt back into the tincture and it makes a more potent medicine. So there's this, this philosophy really around it, which is that as we're making the medicine, the medicine's taking us through the cycle as well. And so there's this, this um, pulling apart and bringing back together that's happening in a process of a spagyric because we're taking the plant and we're pulling it into its, you know, spirit and soul and matter, the body of the plant. Then we're taking it through its process using the elements to bring it back into its completion again, to be into a rebirth, into a new way. And so I've been likening myself a lot to a spagyric <laughs> where I'm sort of pulling everything apart, looking at where I've come and then recombining it in a new and a different way. So is that process one of, <laughs> would you say, a, yeah, was there a combination of stillness and movement in that? How does that take place? Is it and how do you, is it a feeling sense that, you know, when that's complete and uh, I guess, yeah, there's a lot of questions that are kind of coming up. I guess one that is kind of top of mind would be, or in my heart would be something around lines of, yeah. How do you find, um, yeah. How do you find comfort within the discomfort of the re-amalgamation and when you're kind of hit with the different elements of, you know, the fire and, and the water and the wind and the earth, how do you then kind of, um, yeah, how do you how do you find stable ground amongst that process? Is my question. Mm, that's such a good question. Um, how do I find stable ground in that? I'm not sure that I have. Yeah, uh, maybe. <laughs> maybe that's the process itself, right? Yeah, and it's maybe there's moments within that, and there is definitely I feel something through wisdom gained through age. I I don't think that's just a a statement that gets thrown around I really do believe that there's something in that a culmination over time and resourcing you know yourself resourcing what sits in your stored memory what's sitting in the cellular memory what's in your story medicine yeah. um, your personal medicine and so I suppose in that I've just had to really draw into those parts of myself and then continually for me going back into you know the natural world to find a reorder yeah and I have this term that I use a lot with my students which is reorganizing the disorganized so you know on a daily basis um, how do you tap into your your resourcing to reorganize yourself do you use a ritual do you 
use food, you know, do you use meditation practices? How are you going to reorganize this space within self? And so in a way, there's a lot of my own teachings I've had to revisit, mm -hmm. which I feel like is an important part of growth as an educator or a teacher and a way seer, you know, and, and just a human <laughs> walking this earth path. And um, so just really having to link back into some of my own, my own teachings, it keeps you humble as well. Cause you know, you're revisiting these things that you thought maybe you had worked out and then you realize that you haven't. And that's something that the plants also have taught me is this thing that we call backward, backward learning where they, where it's almost like they teach your body first and the body remembers the embodied wisdom remembers, but then we have to allow the process to move through into our consciousness and that evolution through that space. And then we go, ah, oh, right. Okay. That's why that happened. Yeah. And we can link that back around again. And plants are really good for that because they live in a different sort of plant timing is different to human timing. Yeah, definitely. So it taught me a lot about that process. Yeah. How, what a wonderful thing to kind of engage in. I feel like I'm going through something similar at the moment. So it's interesting. That's why I was really curious about it. There's a mm -hmm. sense of, it's almost like, yeah, like you mentioned, there's, that that process of I, I sometimes feel like there's like a, a part that's catching up to another part this is kind of what you was talking about in terms of the embodiment um, of something is different to kind of that that initial kind of strike of insight or a part of us knows and another part of us is kind of meeting that other element um, yeah and there's this moving into that takes place and I think something around those you know practices of rituals and meditations along the way it's almost like there's a sense of being able to um, move through that transition more gracefully. And I'm not so sure if it's an acceleration, but it's definitely some sort of a, like a lubrication of sorts of that process. It, it makes it, um, yeah, uh, it definitely like breathes into it, I would say. I, I often liken ritual to a love language. Mm. So yeah so we're um in the space of that we're we're creating an act of love for ourselves and in in turn for the natural world mm. or for the natural world in turn for ourselves it's that principle of as within so without as above so below you know we can't sort of separate that out and rituals bring up bring us back into the moment as well they keep us kind of connected mm -hmm. Yeah. I guess all those kind of things that you mentioned seem to do that. Yeah. So, and that's probably what it is when we're feeling a little bit like this. There's like a dynamic process at play, but that dynamic process. Yeah. And that's what happens when we breathe into it. We're coming back and we're connecting to the presence of what's taking place in that moment rather than being carried away through the storm of the process. Like that, that, that restoration and the renewal that, that needs to maybe happen before we move out into the rebirth. And yeah. Uh, and, and that sort of restoration space centers on the relationship between ourselves and our story. Yes. And we have to yeah. kind of fit into that and actually really listen. What is this? What is this story? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, but, but with a sense of, I guess, there can be for me personally there can be a sense of impatience that arises in that mm -hmm. process and there's like a yeah what is it and I I, I kind of want to, I want to know what it is now instead of allowing it to unfold 
Mm. I think it's normal human nature. I mean, I get the same thing. Yeah, it's interesting. (laughs) And I wonder if, you know, um, I'm just coming back to that process you mentioned around when you're making a tincture of sorts and then... Jarrick's. Yeah, Jarrick's. Yeah, so you take out those elements and then do you recombine... Recombine them. You recombine um, the crystal salt back into the alcohol that the tincture... In and it makes a much more direct potent medicine yeah because in the, in the practice of herbalism that i do i'm an animist herbalist so for me it's about the spirit and all things it's about the holographic the totality of medicine work not about just um heroic herbalism which is much more western orientated this is more the old ways and folk medicine related so so when we put the salt back into the alcohol, what we're inviting in is the, is the entirety and the totality of the, the plant spirit and the medicinal properties and all of it to come back together in a new way. Mm. So I'm wondering with you, when, when you're going through your process, are you, are you <clears throat> still invoking those kind of, um, that, are you still invoking the same spirits within yourself to come back in and to you know, do you, do you begin this process in a ritualistic way and are you going through it in that manner as well? Yeah, I did actually. Um, around, I knew leading up to my 50th um, that I was going to have to do some kind of um, quest yeah. um, and, and put aside some time to sit and reflect and, and, you know, and consciously, and this is something that I feel is a strong medicine for me where I, I'm quite conscious often in my actions toward things. Um, and so my partner and myself went into the Grampians for a couple of days and we camped in there and we sat with medicine and we just took that time to move into the slow pace of nature Um and I, and I saw that as the thresh, a literal threshold, like I was literally stepping from one place to another. And in, in the practice of, of, you know, Druidry and, and the Greenwich lineage, you know, we often will take actual physical um, practices to become a metaphor for whatever's coming, you know? So for example, when you with um say like a fire like a beltane beltane fire for example you know they'll cross the fire in order to represent that crossing from one space to another so it's so it's a metaphor to show that i'm moving from here to here and that is part of where the ritual space sits and i'm moving from this this place into this place and for me it was going into a space that is most aligned for me which is nature um, and sleeping on the earth and um, observing what was showing up in my reality in the natural world as a reflection of me. And I often say to my students, it's like, if, you know, nature is our best psychologist because when we sit long enough, we can often see, you know, just the way the birds um, might come to you or how the water works or um, how the plants move, the trees move, how that all is is showing us in metaphor often what is happening within ourselves. I don't know if I've just gone off on a tangent. <laughs> I, uh, I feel like I it's a nice one if, if you have. I'm like, just... 
actually answer your question. This is a very common thing for me. Yeah, let's keep opening into the space. So this idea of the metaphor, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I see, yeah, I guess I wrapped different language around it, but I, it points to something that's quite alive for me as well. And this idea of, I guess, uh, the rep representational nature of, you know, the, the way that we act and how that produces, um, you know, produces, but how there's, there's an invisible, um, you know, effect that takes place from, what we embody and the way in which we embody it and, and what we kind of in the, the way we consecrate a space and the way we, um, you know, put a certain intention into things. And, and we do things in a conscious manner that almost casts spells into um, whatever we, whatever we kind of, whatever way that we're moving into and whatever way that we're acting or um, mm -hmm. there's like this sense of it's it's tr it's tricky to wrap the words or a language around it but it, it i think yeah this kind of in a metaphorical sense there's i'm representing something that i want to enliven and yeah. like moving into that process really wholeheartedly with a felt sense of uh sincerity i think there's something comes about from that that's beyond the kind of rational mind and it's something that's really a felt recognition and I think um, it's quite a powerful magic, actually, to be able to move through life in this way, learn from that process, and and um, yeah, and see and see what comes from that. And, and it seems like doing all that in service of you know the earth, which it seems like that's kind of what you're doing. It it, it uh, I, you receive something in return, so that you can then go back and give even more. Like that process of giving and receiving that you've that you mentioned earlier it's this kind of back and forth movement yeah i'm wondering how that flows through you know not only these ritualistic practices where you're cross crossing thresholds and you 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 feel there's a need for that like a 50th birthday but how that kind of goes through your daily life as well and what that may what forms that may take and even within your teachings i'm curious as in rituals or so as in yeah i guess i guess rituals but breathing life into something um from a met from in a metaphorical sense like how do you how else does that come through um, one of one of the things that i tap into a lot is story medicine yeah okay. yeah which which sort of links back into metaphor and so we might recognize metaphor, but then being able to unpack the metaphor into a story and then relate that back to Ooh, self. That's interesting. Yeah, that that's a big, big part of the work that I do because I mm. write. Um, mm. But mm. it's also how I teach. So I teach often through story medicine. So I try and meet my students. I don't, it's not like being above or or anything like that. It's like I meet them through my lived experience, which is often the story. So things that have happened through my life um, or even, even just the story of like a ritual or a ceremony and what that brought up for me or how a plant has taught me. So I'll write the plant through story. So rather than talking about its medicinal properties, I'll talk about, you know, the, 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 the signatures and the patterns that it holds. This is very, yeah, this is exciting me because it's like this, I'm, I'm currently exploring this space of, you know, there's all these different um, elements of, uh, I don't know, people, energy. I don't know. There's people, a lot of different people out there doing a lot of different things and mm. they've all got their own beautiful take through their own beautiful story. And we're kind of, we're infused with all of that. And there's a space of, you know, um, learning and, um, you know, growth and, and insight that comes from exploring those spaces, but then being able to kind of 
um, uh, connect them with your deeper truths and your own stories and experiences and then create your own this is like the process i think you're speaking to and the way i think of it is kind of like well what's the new medium that's formed maybe renee was doing this for a certain amount of time and then she's changed to this but at this moment what's this new what's the new clay that's going to hold these these kind of experiential elements that then can be passed on in in a, in a way that feels right to this moment mm. so there's this sense of i don't want to kind of lose myself here but there's a sense of um coming from our own truth and kind of um, you know, maybe alchemizing those different elements into something that's true to us and true, true to this moment. Um, and I'm wondering, you, you mentioned stories that you share around different plants and, and stories that you, sh you share with students at different, that can maybe hit different moments in their experience and connect with them. What about for yourself and your own, your own reflections on your own stories? And, and how does, does that maybe feed into the process of the clay forming or figuring out what that clay may be whether it's clay or whether it's um you know different elements other elements of nature or whatever it may be whatever medium that is that holds your your new story does that make any sense i don't know if i'm just rambling i'm I'm, I'm feeling into what you're saying now and like yes to i definitely bring in my own personal story as well um but i'll often speak to it through the elements, for example. Mm. Um, and so, you know, when I'm, I don't know if I'm going off on a tangent now, but when I'm teaching, I, we, we initiate or we, I act, help people activate and initiate with the elements, for example. And so if we're working with the water element, part of how I might introduce the concept of the element being part of us and us being part of it is through the story medicine. And generally, generally it will be through one of my own personal experiences. Mm -hmm. is, is, are we on? Are yeah, we I on feel like, I feel yeah, like we're in similar territory. I guess I'm curious of like, yeah, the formation of, yeah, the formation of all this knowledge and how it's brought into some sort of a medium to share with others. That's probably the basis of, of the question. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I would suggest a, if a lot of that's through lived experience. Yeah. So it's like a yeah. trial and error process of I'm going to yeah. try offering this and and see it how works. that resonates. Yeah. And and I think that's the thing too is when I turn up, I just try. I just turn up as as who I am and unapologetically and in realness and rawness and some. And I'm very clear about the fact that my teaching style might not be for everyone. Yeah well because I teach through that space of the embodiment and um, sometimes you know that requires me to mirror a lot of stuff for people that might be quite uncomfortable for them and even for myself so there's a humbleness and a, a, a rawness to that but it's very rich and um, I know that when people come to me then and they do want they go through all the stages of of you know maybe vetting me <laughs> and me vetting them that we're obviously aligned when it comes to working the way we do yeah and I guess I mean yeah. you're holding multiple groups um you know many groups every year and then you're kind of getting a glimpse into other people's stories as well yeah so you're having yeah. like hundreds or even thousands possibly of stories over a number of years which then yeah develops well, I, and... I call it ancestral flame keeping tell me more about that <laughs> well exactly what you just said um mm. So I see the work um, that I suppose I'm a custodian of that's in relationship to the earth wisdoms and the old ways. I see 
every person that comes into connection with it is part of the story part mm. of the hologram part of the totality mm. and their their piece of the pie you know their um offering into that space is part of the story medicine and often with permission I'll repeat stories from other students that they've told or situations that have happened with past students to, to students that I currently have as well. Mm. Obviously make sure that there's consent there and maybe not use names and so forth, but I'll, but I'll tell the story. So there's this, this flame keeping of the ancestry of this particular body of work that then becomes part of the bigger, the greater uh, record keeping of, of, mother earth of the great mother because i i believe that you know all it's all there and we're kind of tapping that information and and i believe i'm just sort of an intermediate between those spaces you know yeah Can other than human beings and and you know the botanical kin mm. and people <laughs> you know yeah that makes a lot yeah. of sense can you tell me about a little bit more about why asking for permission is such an important thing to do and and how you may kind of do that across all your work in other areas it all comes back to, and if there's any of my students listening to this podcast, they're going to laugh because they hear me say this all the time, which yeah. is about right relationship. And I think, Michael, you've already you've already tapped that one with me as well. And um, in what way? Sorry, what do you mean by that? In being in right relationship with something, whatever yeah. that is, whether it's a person or a plant or the land or an ancestor or or our food it could be anything but it's about so a question that I would say is what what does right relationship mean to you because it might not might not be the same for everyone but for me in right relationship it consists of permission and consent mm. um, it consists of taking the time in order to get to know the energy that you're working with so that you can find that match um so it, so it cultivates the relationship like we have to do with any human being. I feel like we should also do that with the natural world as well. Mm. Um, yeah. It's, it, yeah. yeah. What were you going to say? Sorry. I'm just thinking as I'm speaking. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's interesting links here with, with Buddhism, actually, in the sense of um, having right relationship. I mean, everything yeah. comes down ultimately to right relationship, I feel. Well, it's a con you're, you're making a conscious agreement. Yeah. And, and if we want to go further into that, the, the conscious agreement, I guess, is becomes contract. Well, that's kind of what we were talking about, about, you know, casting spells in the way that we I, kind of, with analogies. Uh-huh. Words. Yeah. Words, what? thoughts, um, actions. Yeah. yeah. And so when we're in right relationship, we're being, we, well, we, it requires us to be more authentic and, it doesn't mean we're always going to be that way, but it's like, I desire to, at least I desire to be the most authentic I can and turn up that way in the work and, and just even in my relationship. So how can I bring right relationship? Doesn't mean I'm going to do it all the time because I'm not super, yeah. but yeah. I have an intent of right relationship. And to me, it's really important because I believe in the old ways, which requires initiation and rites of passage. And that that part you can't separate them out. You know, to 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 be in right relationship to me means we have to be in a space of initiation. To me, that also means that I'm forever an initiate because I don't think there's an end to that. Yeah. Yeah. 
yeah, it's it's a very interesting thing. It's uh, it's almost uh, I don't know how to, I can even put this into words. But a sense of uh, what happens. There's almost a sense of when you relate outwards. There's a there's a mirroring effect that happens inwards mm-hmm. as well, right. and it's like it's directly proportionate. You know, the external reality to what's happening in the inner world, mm-hmm. and as you keep developing this space and other people do so as well that there seems to be a blending that takes place you know maybe something like what we're doing now and there's a sense of that helps kind of yeah kind of amplify that that vibration or energy and it helps it moves you more into who you more of who you are coming more home to who you are when you there's a trust that's gained and a safety that happens and then you can drop a bit more and receive a bit more but also keep your boundaries is at the same time and part of right relationship is also in the space of you know like um well in my work I'll relate it back to that it's like offering and prayer Mm. a part of right relationship too so I wouldn't reciprocity so I would never go and just pull a plant out of the ground Mm. just rip it out unconsciously to me that is like I can't, I just, it even, I just can't even imagine it. Whereas the right relationship would be in the space of making an offering, make singing a prayer or speaking a prayer and just taking that time to get to know the plant or the person before I went in there, before I took what I needed. Yeah. Um, yeah. What, to- what is that really doing? What are you then send? What energy are you sending then outwards and back inwards and all around? It's a sense of right. respect almost. And, and, yeah. Like there's a sacredness to every action, every thought, every movement, every word. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm curious to know when, when that, you know, has that, was there a moment in your life where that really became alive for you and this kind of sense of um, that becoming online or has that always been the case? Well, I mean, it would be, I mean, it would be pretty easy to say, you know, I oh, want well, as a child, da, 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 da. and yeah, I was con- connected to nature as a kid and I also had a lot of interesting experiences otherworldly experiences as a child too and that's some of some of the story medicine that I tell yeah Um, but if I were to pin down a specific time frame I suspect it would be when I studied yoga and shiatsu and when I did that a lot of the philosophy lay in oriental principles and buddhism yeah so linking that back i maybe that particular time allowed more of that information to drop in for me yeah yeah um, i guess i guess yeah something i've i've heard you speak about is this idea of empowering a space i think you use those words and i really love that concept because mm that's quite a beautiful thing. And if we think about the different types of spaces that can be empowered, I think this might open up into another direction, but there's yes. a sense of, <laughs> there's a sense of what we can do in terms of empowering a physical space, um, mm. you know, like creating an altar of sorts or creating a, a you know, a space to practice in um, or, or even um, empowering like an internal space. So a, a part within you that, maybe within your story has been neglected in some way and you can empower that space and turn that more online and like maybe what took place during your studies and and empowering natural spaces as well to kind of yeah yeah 
Uh, could you maybe speak more about this idea of empowering spaces? And I'm just yeah. curious. I'm curious about even specifics, if you've got any, or any story medicine that might come into your heart in this moment as well as most welcome. But is there, yeah, is there anything you could share around how, um, yeah, not, I mean, people could do it everything in their own ways, but it'd be interesting to hear about how you do it as well and, and what you do to, to kind of walk or step into that process consciously. Oh, there's so, this is this is such a big conversation and we could talk about just this sort yeah. of stuff, couldn't we? And there's something that that we call um, spirit of place as well. So okay. yeah. by empowering the space or or the space that we're in, um, we're acknowledging the spirit that exists within that space or the spirits that exist within that space, us being an aspect of that. So for example, in um in many cultures but in my own lineage um in paganism there when when you enter a house you also speak to the spirit of the house so you introduce yourself <clears throat> to that spirit and you don't need to know what the spirit is or it, you know it's really just an energy mm. that you're introducing yourself that creates the container that you're walking into so you're walking into a physical house that holds the spirit of everything that's been in that space before you like every human being that's ever lived in that building every conversation that's been had you can't uncreate that energy it might go to sleep and dissipate but it still exists everything once created is always created so when we walk into these spaces, we're just conscious of stepping over that threshold again and being aware of the totality of our environment and all the aspects that are involved in that, all of the, the ancestors or the people that have come before us, if we're standing on land and doing ceremony on country or on land, that we are calling in the directions where asking permission of the land and the ancestors that came before us, for example. These are these are um, absolutes as far as I'm concerned for any work at all that's to do with ceremonial ritual on land. Um, and the medicine that we're bringing in as well, whether we're working with um, conversational medicine, whether we're working with plant medicine, whatever it is, we're speaking to the spirit not just the physical manifestation of that in this now moment if that makes sense so by speaking to the spirit we're empowering the space we're in, and and therefore empowering ourselves as well and we're covering off right relationship we're covering off offering and reciprocity and reverence it's all happening in that moment of taking that time to introduce yourself yeah it's almost like a blending or coming into harmony with the different you know being conscious of what we're contributing you know instead yeah. of unconscious around that and yeah there's, there's a fusion that takes place or some sense of a coming together into harmony when when yeah when that's spoken into into a space or into ourselves there's so yeah. much power in words so much power and and just the more I understand it, the more it it amazes me. Like um, when we use, like for example, incantations, yeah, 
and or and our voice you know the the tone of our voice and the iteration of our voice and how we choose to place words together well that's magic and spelling in itself and um and we can we can we can move mountains through sound and through using our voice and it's a tool that we have available to us that's you know we don't have to buy it Mm. It, it can carry it with us at all times and so even just using our voice in those moments of you know creating right relationship and asking permission and <clears throat> but you were also asking Michael about maybe a way that I do this mm-hmm. personally in practice mm-hmm. it's um a, it's a concept that I teach which is the mesa which is like a movable or a portable altar mm-hmm. And it's a, a piece of fabric that we lie down and we place sacred objects in certain places and directions that represents the elements and the um, uh, the elements and um, the directions. And some items will have story attached to them, and we take the time to to connect the elements. And I I teach the mesa. Um, I initiate people with the mesa work in the shamanic path. Mm-hmm. Um, but for me personally, it's it's been an incredibly important tool for me to use for this kind of work, because even if I go out into the forest, more often than not, I'll just take a little fabric, a little piece of fabric and a couple of little items. It doesn't have to be anything flashy. Sometimes I just collect natural objects from my environment like rocks and I'll place them in the directions and and I'll use the, the mesa, the, the portable altar as a way of opening up a portal to welcome in that spirit of place and in the, in the directions and you know um connect to mother earth and father sky and mm-hmm. all the things the great mystery all the things um and it's a tangible um relationship that i create with my mesa in order to me to in order for me to connect into the the hologram of everything um, but it's a way that I can do it really super consciously because sometimes we get lost and we're a bit like standing there and maybe going, okay, north, south, east, west, and how do I do this and what are the directions? Whereas when we lay the mesa out, there's there's something about the quietness and the humbleness and the um the attentiveness that we give it when we're doing it as we're placing each object down as well that I really love. Thank you so much for listening and tuning into and engaging with the heart and mind and soul level with this conversation with Renee. This is part one of a two-part series and you're definitely invited to the second part. So feel free to engage with that one as it yeah, as it gets released. You can get more information on Renee through links in the show notes section or through todaydreamer.com. And there's a gentle encouragement if you are getting something out of the show to connect with me and um, yeah, touch base and give me some feedback or just reach out and say hello. Michael at todaydreamer.com is how you can go about that. I'll catch you in the next episode and thank you for your presence.